Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Fred with the Steel Mason Nation podcast. How are you today? I wanted to um, give you a quick update on some things that's going on with me. And um, one of those things is got this Steel Mace and Clubs workshop coming up on June 25th at MSTA which is Marshall Strength Training Academy located in Branchburg, New Jersey. That's a, a one-hour workshop from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., and it is for charity. $25 suggested donation will go to Firefighters for Freedom. And uh, I'll tell you guys how you can make that donation. Uh, if you just look at any of my posts where I'm talking about firefighters for freedom, you'll see that you can easily just click on that and make your donation. When you come to the workshop, all you have to do is just show me that you, you sent the money in and you're more than welcome to hang out for an hour. And we're going to go over steel mace and clubs. I, recommend that you get there early and warm up a little bit because we're going to go over a lot of stuff and I want to use that one hour window to get into it all. So we're not really going to be spending like time doing a 10 or a 20 minute warm up. Um, you're going to have to really make sure you're ready to go. And we're just going to do a quick little stretch, uh, get some things in order, and then we're going to pick up our steel clubs and get to work. So there's that. And I also wanted to suggest if you guys are looking for a workout program, just jump on steelmacenation.com and look for the 21 day steel mace challenge. Uh, if you're having trouble finding it for some reason on the website, uh, another way to do uh, a little backdoor thing is to go to my Instagram at steelmacenation and click the link in the bio. And in the drop down menu, there's a button that says 21 Day Steel Mace Challenge. You click on that and it takes you right to it. So you can purchase the program. It costs $19.99. And it is a three week program, which is um, designed so that you can actually use other equipment if you have it or don't have it, whatever. Um, one of the things I wanted to make it was like uh, you could reusing it. Keep, keep reusing it by um, doing different equipment. So uh, maybe you want to try Steel Mace out and you want to use this program and then you decide Steel Mace isn't for you. No sweat. Don't worry about it. Just sub out the Steel Mace for whatever you do want to use. The most important thing is to make sure you work out, take care of yourself, uh, be a fit person, and take charge of your health. And I hope that this 21-day Steel Mace Challenge will help you do that. Uh, also in the ebook is a section about mindset on how to get your mind into the game. Uh, it's stuff that I picked up on after being a firefighter for almost 20 years. You can imagine there's been plenty of times where I've struggled with my mindset, my motivation, uh, my will, if, if you want to call it that. Um, and I found instrumental ways to be able to get myself back in the groove. Um, one thing I always think of is like one of these long duration fires I'll be at and you still have to work really hard and your body is just not having it. Where do you get 
the strength and the energy to stick through it and just be uncomfortable like that. And, um, you know, you kind of figure it out by having to do it. And I've done that. So that's why I wanted to put in the book. And then the best part about the book, forget about all the other stuff is the smoothies, uh, the diet info. It's what I use to stay lean. I always use my smoothie recipes when I go into the, the warmer months and I start backing off on, you know, the food that kind of like chunks you up a little bit. So I just wanted to make you aware of those things. And if you're not interested in any of those, uh, there's something for free that you could use off of the steelmacenation.com website. And that would be the 10,000 swing steel mace bell challenge. It is a grinder workout. It's free. Have at it. Go grab it and figure out how to do it. But it's designed to break you in half. If you're not feeling used and abused by the third round of your five-round workout, then the weight isn't heavy enough. You're not going with enough intensity. This is a self-regulated program. Uh, you could DM me if you want, and I could help you with some stuff. But the name of the game is go to steelmacenation.com and read the article on how to do this 10,000 swing steel mace challenge because there is some details you need to cover. I see a lot of people taking little shortcuts. They're not doing certain things. The program is designed the way it is. And uh, if you read about it, you'll see where I got the idea from and you'll see how it all makes sense. So check that out. And otherwise, I'm going to let you get into this podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be a good one. It's with Shay McNeil, who is a strongman, and he swings mace. So I hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Shay McNeil, who I just woke up out of bed. <laughs> so he's literally just waking up. Uh, he got his stuff together in a scramble, and um, he set up his, his phone there. So he, he has best position possible. If you're listening on audio, don't even worry about it. If you're watching it, uh, you know, he's got a little sunlight behind him. Um, but don't worry. So I wanted to have Shay come on to the podcast because he's a guy who could he's a he's a strong guy that understands leverage and he bends stuff like nails and horseshoes and he does all these like what you would consider like strange lifts. So um, Shay, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you just doing this after you woke up. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. So we we started off with a DM. I, I, I saw you did a post and I was like, what I do is I look at what people are doing and I'm like, how does this, how, can, how do I make this into a podcast that works for my audience? And um, so anyway, long story short, I reached out, I said, hey, um, transition of mace to leverage lifts and back and forth. So leverage lifts are a little, uh, a bit of a unique thing. It's considered like strongman um, stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, we know what mace is. We're on the Steel Mace Nation right now. But a, a, a mace is a lever, right? You're, you're yeah. doing a lever lift. So I reached out. I said, this is a podcast. Let's talk about this. Um, 
And you said, and I'm going to read what you wrote because this is, this is good. You said, yeah, I'd be interested in doing something like that. Um, I have to carve out some time. I work in the mining industry and it's uh, uh, really hard to get down some uh, consistent time to do it. Obviously we did it. We, we, we nailed that down. Um, but you've been thinking about something for a long time and uh, you'd like to get more of the blue collar guys that you work with involved in training. And here's the funny part. But most just think I'm a weirdo swinging sticks around my head and bending horseshoes <laughs> and nails. All right. So <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. I get the same thing where I work at the fire department. Guys see me swinging a mace and they're like, isn't that bad for your shoulders? And then that's all I get. And they walk away. So, yeah, let's talk about that because you are um, a night shift worker. You still work out. I, you know, you you're uh, you're on Instagram posting the stuff you do and all your leverage lifts. So, quick rundown of who you are and how you got to leverage lifts. Well, <clears throat> it was completely by accident that I got into any of this stuff, uh, mace included. I've been doing mace a little bit longer than strongman and the leverage lifts and stuff. I uh, been doing mining for three years. And I live on the road. I travel between three states. And so I never know where I'm going to be. And I just wanted, uh, before that, I was doing powerlifting and jujitsu. Oh, wow. And so once I, once I took this job and I was on the road, I couldn't go to a gym consistently. I never know where I'm going to be. The mine could be, you know, a two-hour drive from town. I can't drive to the gym every night. Don't know what town I'm going to be in. So unless I'm going to have a Planet Fitness gym membership somewhere, I'm, you know, out of luck. So uh, I just came across, I was just looking through, I think, YouTube probably and found the mace. And, you know, they said start with a 10-pound mace. And I was like, well, it looks, you know, pretty easy. So, of course, I got a 20-pound mace. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> makes the same mistake. <laughs> yeah, and about a week later, I or a week after I got it, I quickly ordered a ten-pound mace. There you go. <laughs> and those are still just the two maces I got. Yeah, it's just something to do. And then uh, I don't know if you spend uh, any time at all on TikTok, but uh, yeah, I just I came across guys doing. Uh, Strongman feats of strength, tearing cards and bending nails on there, and yeah, tearing them. cards in half. You take a fifty-two yeah. card stack, yep. and you rip it in half. That is so cool. Yeah, and so yeah, I just came across a few guys doing that, and um, it was really weird because uh, it's the same kind of feel with the mace community and those guys. Okay, because it's like. There, it doesn't matter how shitty you are at it. They're just glad to see you doing it. <laughs> yeah, you right. know what I mean. Yeah. So like, I I ordered some stuff and started doing it, and I've deleted most of my first videos that I posted after I watched them again. <laughs> but I started having people reach out to me and just wanting to help me with that. You know, how cool is that? And, yeah, and so like, I'm still not very good at it, but it's still something that it's fun to do. Yeah, you know. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? This is interesting. So, so I mean, somebody sees you bending a horseshoe or ripping a, a deck of cards in half, and they're pumped. 
They're like, oh, look at this guy. I love this. And, and they're like, hey, I've been doing that a little bit longer than you. And what, what's going on there? Is it just people just love it when when they're part of a small exclusive club? Or I think that's what it is. I think it's like, uh, yeah, I think that's got to be what it is because I'm the same way. If you picked up anything and, and started and bent it or – and was doing it with some consistency and, you know, making progress, I'd be stoked. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to see. So I think that's gotta be what it is. Just excited to see somebody else join the little community. Yeah. So you're, um, you're in both of those communities, steel mace and the, yeah. and leverage lifts or strong, strong. Is it, would you call it strong band? Because yeah, it yeah. Is. It's strong. Okay. Man. It's before uh, a lot of people say performing strong man or feats of strength. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about like, um, like lifting Atlas stones and things like that? Do you get into that? Um, I, I've done that before, but not as a, on a competitive level or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, training I, wise, you do it for training. I, I, I have in the past, not any time recently. And then that's kind of separate from the feats of strength. So like, um, that type of strong man is like the competitive strong man where it is just you know, raw strength, deadlift, you know, overhead press, those kind of things. And the feats of strength are kind of um, things you can do in front of people, you know, right. like any given moment, you pull a nail out of your pocket and bend it, yeah. pull out a deck of cards, tear it, roll up a frying pan. Yeah. And then it's, it's something you can do on a stage in front of a group of people. And it's, uh, it's to bring tell a story and bring it all back around just using those feats of strength. So it's more of a talking point, I guess. Um, but I haven't, I haven't performed anywhere or anything like that. I've just been messing around with it. Do you ever go to somebody's party and you're like, hang, you know how people hang out in the kitchen and stuff and people are like, Hey, show us what you do. And you just grab one of their frying pans and roll it up. <laughs> I, I've done that one time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What did they do? Did they freak out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was pretty cool. Um, that was my favorite frying pan. How am I going to make my eggs now? <laughs> oh, no. It's usually it's usually more of a dare. I usually yeah. don't, like, it gets around pretty fast when, you know, like, between everybody I work with, everybody will be like, hey, hey, can you bend this? Can you bend that? Oh, and it's my usually God. not pretty cool. People are usually at work being like, oh, you're a strong guy. In that you can break that, that must free. that must happen to you all the time now. People are just like, hey, bend this for me, please. Yeah. And what do you do? You just turn around, just bend it, and give it to them, and go back to what you're doing. Uh, it depends on what it is. All right. <laughs> some that things, is... some things I can bend. Some things nobody can bend. How do you, how do you bend a frying pan? Is there a how do you even get that started? Uh, it, frying pan's probably the easiest thing to do. Not not gonna lie. Really. Yeah, I, I could, I mean, it's a long story, but I could give, <laughs> I could get you to bend one in about 10 minutes. Really? Yeah, you, you're a you, strong guy. You could teach, you, you can bend one. Wow. Well, just ha your confidence in me makes me feel good. I, I'm just going to go with it. I could bend a frying <laughs> pan because yeah. Shay said so. Well, it's all on how you start it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, once you get it started and get that roll started. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's, so it's probably it it's, is the easiest feat for sure. Is it understanding leverage, which is the yeah. 
That's the key here. Yeah, and 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 just the position that the frying pan is in relation to your body, how you're holding it, where you're starting that bend. Because yeah. most people, they'll get it and they'll fold it in half. They won't get it to roll. Okay. So you got to get that corner to smash down, and you got to be able to get it up underneath your rib cage and get it to roll down, get it propped up on your leg, and get it to start to roll and get it to start to kink, and then you can really start rolling it. That is hilarious. I can't believe that's it's like that simple as you yeah. make it sound. Yeah, it's once you once you realize like how to how to hold on to it and yeah. that the, the strength part's not that part. Well, what about like having like really do you need like a strong grip? I mean, is that the one thing that's yeah. not okay? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But for like a strong guy like for you, it it wouldn't be hard at all. So now. As far as mace training is concerned, people talk about, you know, grip strength with the mace. Um, do you find that the mace helps you have a stronger grip or is it the other way around for you because you're doing the, the, the strongman stuff? Do you have a stronger grip because of that and the mace almost seems easy as far as that's concerned? Um, the mace is really just like rehab for okay. my wrist. Okay. Movement on getting on the move because I, I turn a lot of wrenches and stuff at work and I actually shovel a lot and <laughs> I swing sledgehammers at work we got a 20 pound sledgehammer that we swing almost on a daily basis you know so my wrists take a beating and mace is is really good for just keeping the wrists moving keep your hands uh I don't know what the proper word would be but um well, this is this is an interesting point to kind of hang on here because I think um, we're still at a point with steel mace training where a lot of us are trying to figure out its benefits and things like that. Like, there's really nobody in the science world, you know, doing research on mace training per se. I don't think there really is. So there's no like um, scientific, like you know, they have stuff about how to make your legs stronger with leg extensions. And if somebody does 12 reps at this percentage of their maximum load, they can make their legs this much stronger. We have that evidence, but we don't really have anything other than this conversation. So this is good stuff. Right. So you're saying that in your line of work, this blue collar business that you do, where you're using your body all day long, you're swinging a 20 pound sledgehammer and it's, it's causing issues with your wrist with your both your wrists you're getting maybe arthritis in your wrist so what do you think is actually happening when you swing the mace that's actually making it better mm, i don't know if it's just like um able to structure the movements and it's low impact you know um I don't, I, I've, I've thought about that too. Like what's the difference between a good hard day's work and, you know, a training session. Like I come back from work and feel beat up. I swing the mace. I do, I bend a couple wrenches and horseshoes and stuff. And I feel like I'm ready to go five more rounds. But, you know, you go to work and you come back and you feel destroyed. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if it's um, able to control your body positioning or if it's just the amount of time spent doing it or or what. But um, and I know for a fact, like last week, 
you know, I think I worked 70 plus hours last week and I didn't swing at all. And uh, I spent all weekend in bed because I could barely move because I didn't oh. swing or do anything all week. If I don't, if I don't swing and keep moving outside of work, I, I just start to fall apart. There you go. So, I mean, we've seen this just with any type of physical fitness, people doing yoga, playing basketball, you got it. No, no matter what, like, especially if you're somebody who works with your body, it's almost like it's more important that you, that those people do it. And you, you did say you want to get the guys you work with um, into, into training. And um, you know, you do your, you called it blue collar lifts, um, you know, blue collar guys. So, you know, you got other terms, industrial athlete, <laughs> um, must the muscular class who's the muscular class on our side the people who use their bodies they might not be jacked but they're using their muscles uh, tactical athletes cops firemen military uh, but basically this all boils down to the working man the, the guy who works with his hands and you know it is it is rampant through construction workers and and firemen and all these people they feel beat up and tired from their job and they're like i can't work out i don't want to work out what do you say to those people well you got the extra half hour to sit and watch tv after work you can spend half that time that's all it takes 15 minutes 10 15 minutes a day isn't a lot to ask for just something low impact Everybody can do it. Stretching, like just start simple and build up. I mean, it's not that difficult, you know. Uh, it doesn't have to be com uh, complex. And like, if you watch anything that I do, it's not really that complicated. It's pretty straightforward. Anybody can do it. Everybody's got time somewhere. You know, I work 14 to 16 hours a day and I still get in 10 or 15 minutes. And you Almost work a night shift. And work night shift. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit more about your leverage lifts. Um, the one thing that I, I've always been interested in, because I saw this demonstrated in front of me one time, was the you have a, a sledgehammer, you put it on the ground, and then you, you grab the very end of the handle – you place your forearm on the ground, so you're like bent over, and then you just lift. You just lift by articulating your wrist, but you don't lift your arm up off the ground. You're just using your arm as a fulcrum point, right? And yeah. you're bending your wrist and you're lifting a 36 or 30 inch handle with a 10 pound or an eight pound weight on the end, which is nobody can do this. <laughs> I can't do it. I saw a guy do it once. Now, tell me if this is correct, and then you can explain the lift. But he yeah. said that it's a 10-pound weight on the end of this 30-inch uh, handle. So you multiply <laughs> it by, by uh, 30. That means it's a 300-pound lift. That's not correct, right? No. Right. So, so yeah, uh, there's actually a calculator you could look this up on, but uh, that you could Google, but you take the weight times the point of where the fulcrum is, so where you're grabbing it, and then behind the fulcrum would be called your mechanical advantage, and then you have to multiply, and you would multiply the length of your handle by 
the length of your mechanical advantage and then that gives you a number and then you multiply and i don't remember if it's like you divide that or multiply. i don't remember how it works exactly but i just know you have to take those two numbers into account then you multiply that number that you get times the weight because okay. no it's nowhere near 300 i think it's like a 200 and but and that's compared to uh a linear movement pattern so um like if you have a lever and then the point where you're grabbing it is the fulcrum, right? And the behind that is your mechanical advantage. So the further you get down there, the greater your mechanical advantage it, it advantage is. So um, that's why if you have a big rock and you have a lever to move it and then you move uh, your fulcrum all the way to the end, then your mechanical advantage, it's way easier to move that rock then if the fulcrum's all the way back at the end of the handle, right? And so um, you're trying to move that weight at the greatest disadvantage possible, right? The right. least amount of mechanical advantage. So that actually makes it harder and harder that at that halfway point of the handle, then your number starts jumping way up as far as how hard it is to move it. So I think um, I had a... Um, I did a 15 pound one of those lifts. Those are called slim farming lifts. Um, I did one of those with 15 pounds and I did the math on it and I think it came out to like just under 200 pounds. Wow. Of linear force is equal to about 200 pounds of linear force, but you're supporting all that with your wrist. So it's not the same thing as like picking up 200 pounds with your hands. It's, right. It's hard to compare the two. Yeah, you're right. Right. It's, it's it's all forearm strength. Yeah. It's and I would take it that for that particular lift, since your forearm is down on the ground and your weight is over your elbow, your your one technique would be to drive your weight into your forearm and pin it into the earth, right? Yeah. yeah. And then from there, now it's a stable um what did you call that area? The working mechanical, yeah, mechanical, mechanical advantage. advantage yeah. Okay, so now you're making it a solid mechanical advantage. But now you're just using forearm muscles, which I can't believe people could do this. Like 200 pounds. That's insane. Like, how do you have that kind of forearm strength? Uh, pretty much just <laughs> a lot of years of turning wrenches. Okay. That's like that, I've always I've always done physical labor. I've I've pulled chain at sawmills and uh been a furniture mover. Um you know, uh I spent all of my years in high school doing high school at night. I was homeschooled, worked for my dad. He did HVAC. So I did that through high school, after high school, then I just kept working. Wow. So, so, I mean, this basically means anybody out there who's like a working man probably is in the wheelhouse of being able to do something like this. Oh, yeah. Especially when it comes to grip strength, anything that has to do with hands. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, they, they do say that um, when uh, a person gets older and, you know, we're talking about when somebody starts to get so old that they're about to fade away, you know, they're getting sick or whatever. The two things that they look at are their ability to walk 
and their grip strength. And it's um, at, they're actually connected. When a person loses grip strength, that's a sign that their health and their vitality is starting to slip away. Uh, same yeah. with same with the walking. So I mean, it, I mean, maybe a person doesn't want to lift uh, a sledgehammer like you do, but are there forearm exercises that you do that like anybody could do, like they start today without getting into strongman stuff? Um, not really. <laughs> okay. No, I mean there probably are. Um, I have like the little the grippers. But um, the ones I have are, I don't remember what brand they are, but they're not like the plastic ones that you grew up with. They're progressive overload. They start at like 100 pounds and they go up. And I got like the, the 100 pounds through the 300 pounds on those. And then once you can close all those, you can keep going up. Um, I mean, anybody can get those. They're good to keep in your car and stuff like that. But um more than anything, I try to stretch my forearms, you know, stretch my wrists out all the time because um, they get a lot of work just on their own. It's one of those things that they, they do recover quickly, but yeah. <laughs> but um, they do get tight and they'll stay tight. The forearm muscles are like your calf muscles. Yeah, exactly. They're super strong. They're hard to, like, get hypertrophy, hypertrophy out of. Um, but they can do a lot, right? Calf muscles are just like little engines that could, they could just keep going. They got to support yeah, all your exactly. weight and everything. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you score mace training as far as a forearm developer? Um, for the average person, I mean, it's probably right up there. It's, it's probably, it's probably like an eight, nine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really good for your forearms. It's um, it's how I started all this stuff, and um, it's one of those things, you know, like so you got that twenty pound mace, right? Were you not strong enough to move it, or were you just didn't have the technique to move it? Technique. Yeah. Right. So just because you move a twenty pound mace doesn't mean you're stronger than the guy that can't move the 20 pound mace it's just you don't have the technique but once you get that technique and stuff and you're able to you know do things with it a 20 pound mace can give you one heck of a burn on your forearms yeah um no i think it's great um for your forearms and it's easy you know you can lean one up outside your door you know i, I travel around in a camper <laughs> oh really so, yeah I, I have a pickup and a camper, and that's that's my life right now. So uh, what kind of mace do you own? You um, I don't 10 and the 20? 10 and 20. I don't remember the brand. Yeah, it's uh, just those Chinese-made ones, right? Yeah. 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 So are you going to get any uh, additional ones or get into club training or anything like I would, that? I would like to. I wanted to get some of those ones that uh, were water fillable. Um, yeah, like what? Their, webs their website's what? down, though. Yeah, are you talking about um, Monkey? Evil Monkey Mace. Evil, evil Monkey. Yeah. How long has the website been down? I don't know. I just looked like last week. I don't um, know if they went away or not. Yeah, I don't know. There's still, there's a website out there. 
um, with another gentleman on it, like promoting them. But um, when you go to their actual link in there, it, yeah, it comes up as nothing. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like to get one of those because that would be perfect out here because then I can just drain the water out and be way easier to transport around with me. Now, this is interesting that you travel around in a camper and you work in all these different places. You don't know where you're going to wind up. How many different states have you been in? Um, right now, I've just been in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Um, you know, and and most of the jobs we do will last anywhere between a month and three months. And then we'll pack everything up, tear the plant down, and we'll move to the next spot. Wow. So you guys so, all travel together. Yeah. So it's kind of like a like a, a circus in a way. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so do yeah, you guys so if, you're, if you were to look behind me, you see my camper and then my my coworker's camper, and then behind me there's a bunch of campers over in that corner, just all in a row. That is so cool. So you guys have your own community. You can help each other out. You got a flat tire or you need um one of you guys is sick and you need medicine. Somebody can go to the store and get it. Yeah. Wow. That is really awesome. Is there mostly just men or is there chicks we, in there? <laughs> right now we have one, two, three. So including me, we have four people that have their families with them. Oh, wow. They take, oh, so their oh. kids are homeschooling and stuff. Yeah. Like mine are still not school age yet. I have a, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And oh, okay. so, but no, my, my coworker, Mike, he's got five kids and they travel around in a camper. <laughs> God bless them, man. God bless yeah. five kids. I will never complain again about being cooped <laughs> up with my daughter. Wow. So that's, that is a really interesting lifestyle. I mean, that's, that's wild. So what, if, so you're, you're, you have kids, I guess you're, you're married or you're, you're with somebody. Yep. So what about the single guys? How do they, how do they meet anybody? Because I, I can't imagine the conversation when they go to a bar, like, well, I'm oh. not going to be here that long. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's really awkward. Like, Hey, you want to come back to my camper Sit back in the woods <laughs> off the road? Right. Don't There's worry. You'll be fine. <laughs> Cause we've, we've camped in some really sketchy places that look like, I mean, we look like a homeless camp. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, yeah, I'd imagine those would be hard conversations, but um, but it does happen. I'll see some of these guys, you know, uh, on Monday morning dragging somebody out of their camper and running them home real quick. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> wow. You got to be a good talker, I guess. Oh, well. <laughs> My theory is if I didn't, I mean, if I wasn't married and single out here, if I found somebody willing to go back to my camper with me, probably wouldn't want to bring them. <laughs> right. You'd be more worried about yourself. Like, why do yeah. they want to come back? What are they going to do to me? <laughs> yeah. It goes both exactly. ways. There. Wow, that's a real fascinating lifestyle. So what um, happens ultimately, though? Uh, guys break off and find different work to do, and they kind of settle down and – or is there guys that just stay with it their whole lives? There's guys that stay with this their whole lives. Um, there's there's seven different plants that do exactly what we do uh, for this same company. So 
you'll have different crews. Let's see. I don't know off the top of my head how many people we have here with us right now. But we'll have guys that shuffle around between plants when people quit and stuff. It's a high turnover rate job. Yeah. But you'll you'll find people that that'll stick with it. Yeah. And and there's guys that have been doing it forever. The um right now we have two gentlemen back there that um they've been doing it for years and years and years. They're I'd imagine they'd get close to retirement. <laughs> Yeah, but they must be some interesting guys. They have years, decades of stories and oh yeah, a lot of road wisdom. That what you learn being out there like that. I mean, it's that's nomadic. You're nomads, you know. Yeah, yeah. that is that is wow. What a fascinating thing. Do you guys have um, like a name for yourselves? Do you like? <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. Actually, we're called Crusher Bums. <laughs> really crusher oh because you crush coal well we're crushing rock so okay. what we do so yeah it's not it's not as romantic as as coal mining so we don't do anything below the surface everything is surface mining so we just have a big pit big hole in the ground and we just dig down and you know it'll be a couple thousand yards across or whatever however big the pit is yeah. and we take all that rock and then we crush it down and then um, it goes through a plant and we separate it all out and it all gets used for the roads, for concrete, okay. asphalt, all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, next time you're in a parking lot or driving on the road, that started with us. The crusher bombs. Yeah. And that's America right there, man. That's I love it. I love it. This is what people need to see, the, the real Americans out there doing this kind of work and uh, – so I we're gonna wind it down, but going back to your your uh, initial concern though was getting guys into fitness, uh, especially the guys that you, that you're working with and everything. What can you say to them to really motivate them and um, you know get them in, interested at least? Yeah. Um... That's a tough one because it's kind of a mantra out here of who needs the gym. I hear that all, almost on a daily basis. And everybody that knows me knows it's an open invitation. If I'm mm. out swinging a mace, I mean, they all know where I live. Come over um, and swing with me. I've had one person so far come over and do it for about five minutes and, you know, pretty much laugh at me and walk away. Um, <laughs> but I have another buddy that, um, he's wanting to start the carnivore diet and he was like, Hey, do it with me next month. We'll do it for a month. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. You swing the mace with me. And there you uh, <laughs> so we'll see. I, I don't know. You kind of, kind of got to poke and prod them and they're all, um, especially when it, you, you know, this, when it comes to guys that work for a living, you can't really tell them anything, you no. know? No. So they're kind of stuck in their ways. It's hard to convince them that something's good for them. It's like, you know, it's like eating their veggies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somehow they just got to get the hook in them somehow. And then once they're, once it's there, you got to be there to kind of reel them in. Yeah. Um, how does everybody get in touch with you? Are you um, looking for people to contact you or anything like that? Uh, yeah, or I mean, if somebody wants to uh, shoot me a message, Instagram's the best place to, Get a hold of me. I'm uh, on there as the strength errant. 
and strength, uh, the strength errant e-r-a-n-t yeah okay the strength errant e-r-a-n-t okay yeah and that's probably the best place to get a hold of me um i i'm on tiktok it's the same um but i'm not on there very often so um yeah and i just throw up videos and stuff whenever you know i get a second throw the phone down so all right that's uh shay mcneil everybody uh follow him on instagram and check him out thanks for coming on the podcast shay appreciate it and uh yeah. come on back on for another time for an update and let us know how the uh how it's going with bending things in, into little balls and stuff <laughs> absolutely all right everybody thanks a lot see you at the next one